Welcome to the We Are Live Fancast. And now, your hosts, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. I'm Mr. Redbeard. And I'm Mick. And this is episode 8, where we cover every new release of the We're Alive patio drama. Big, uh, another big week, man. Breaking Bad was awesome. <laughs> I liked it there at the end when the zombies came out, and then the <laughs> cast of The Walking Dead showed up and started blaming the zombie apocalypse on Walt and the blue meth. <laughs> it's like, oh no, it started it all. <laughs> yes. Just kidding, of course, anybody not caught up in Breaking Bad. That didn't happen. But, but who was talking about the promo uh, vehicle that came through pumping yellow smoke out of it? Oh, uh, yeah, gentlemen we work with. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> hey, do you remember uh, season two of The Walking Dead, the opener, when Daryl was getting some antibiotics from Merle's stash, and there was yeah. a bag of blue meth in there as well? No. Yeah, if you go back and watch, it's there. And so people began to come up with their own fan theories, like meths or Walt's meths had something to do with the zombie apocalypse. But <laughs> unfortunately, that didn't happen. Everybody that lived in the farmhouse was too thick to be on meth. Whoa, the daughters though. <laughs> the daughters. Ooh. That's why she's suicidal now. Oh no. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> the oh uh, Maggie's sister. Oh Emily. Was she suicidal? Yeah, I don't remember her being suicidal. Yeah, she tried to. She no. Broke, she oh, broke yeah, yeah. That was in season two. Yeah, well, yeah. Right, season three, she's, she's fine now. Oh. She's trying to get with Daryl a, a <laughs> prediction. Oh. Prediction. You know, Daryl could use the... A little bit of younger... Wait, distra- I don't know how young no, she is, so the, I can't the, say the that. Dis- oh, no, I was thinking a distraction, but... Yeah, that may be a little weird. Yeah, I don't know how old she is, but I don't... Regardless, I'm pretty sure they're going there. Hmm. They're going to say she's too old enough. But, uh, hey, we had some fun this weekend. Uh, Redbeard and I, we scouted an area to begin filming for our little fun outdoorsy show called Dare to Survive. It was awesome. Minus the chiggers, but awesome. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know, if you haven't heard about it, the show, we're going to take survival dares from, from the audience, hopefully maybe a few from you guys. Uh, and they could be something you've seen on TV, and basically we'll just put them to the test. And we're a couple of ordinary guys with no real survival training. It's going to be funny, if nothing else. We're gonna, we're probably going to point out a lot of our own mistakes. Yeah, they they won't be hard to find. If you ha- So if you have like a technique or skill that you would like to dare us to try, send it to dared at mickred.com or visit daredtosurvive.com and you could submit it there on the Submit a Dare page. If you can't think of a dare, go to daredtosurvive.com and vote for one of the existing dares. Yeah, that'll, uh, that'll get, it done, get it done as well. Hey, I'm ready to jump into our scene-by-scene coverage. Of course, spoiler warning, if you haven't uh, listened to Chapter 38, uh, Part 2 of 3, Unity Makes Strength, go do that now and come back and listen. Let's go ahead and get into the first segment. We've got Saul and Victor and Lizzie. They're leaving the colony. Yeah, basically picking up where we left off last time. Exactly. And it sounds like, you know, you got all the vehicles leaving out, everybody saying their goodbyes. It's kind of sad. Yeah. But Ke- Kelly and Michael, they get a little conversation going. Didn't Michael seem a little harsh? He did, but I think he's, he's waiting for Kelly to make another snide remark at something. I don't know. I thought I thought they'd kind of made up. 
before they left earlier. I don't know. I, he may have been just showing agitation during the uh, goodbye sequence. I see what you're saying. I think he kind of came around at the end a little bit and started to act a little more playful, so I'm going to let up on him a little. But if he wouldn't have stopped being a jerk, I would have been a little bit upset with that. Yeah, he he's a socially awkward penguin. He sure is. <laughs> she, but she does honestly want to help, which is it's not a lot like Kelly. She's a little bit different um, now. She wants to help. She says she's got some training. And now Michael is now Michael's the reason that she's not in on the fight. What do you think of that? Um, do you see the reversal there? I do, but, you know, Michael's got actual soldiers that have been trained. And I get it, yeah. I mean, she hasn't been through the same series of training as the others have, but she's got to get healed up, and he's got to assess her abilities before he just lets her jump in. Right, I, right. I am, I am really glad that she is wanting to do this. Yeah, it's good to see that from her. It's some character growth for her. You know, Michael did throw it out there, though. I thought you said, we're not soldiers. And she actually admitted she was wrong. I thought that was incredible. Yes, I see that as more character growth for her. I mean, as far as the way we see it, or the way we're supposed to see yeah. it. And since, you know, since this is a slow episode, there's not a lot of action, I began to kind of relook at a lot of these scenes and think, why do we need this? And I, I thought, okay, so this scene was really good for uh, to connect with, the, with uh, this show with the last one, with the group leaving. That was important, you know, to let us know exactly where we are on the timeline. And also to reestablish Kelly. We haven't, we don't know a lot, we haven't heard a lot from her because she was in Boulder. And there's been little passing comments here and there to show that she's around, but not a whole lot. And really just to show that she's grown as a character. So this, so I, I think this was important and integral as we continue on. Oh, it's very important. And the uh, the other reason it's important to me is because I'm finding her a lot more likable than Pegs right now. I'll hold my comments until <laughs> we get to the Pegs section. Oh, uh, well, I wasn't even talking about that side of it yet. I'm, I don't know. I think you're pushing me to like Pegs even more, which is which is cool because we can have the little those argument that argument going. Cool. <laughs> Doesn't bother me one bit. <laughs> no. Hey, anything else on that section? You are a stronger person, so you know. I wish I was gonna press my keyboard like you do on because when people do that to me on the phone, I just press a button on the phone and I hurt their ear. But I don't have anything else to do that. So. Awesome. So in the next section, we got uh, Glenn and Bert are talking, and uh, Bert's fixing a weapon, and then CJ comes in, and they begin to talk a little bit back and forth. And I'm guessing this is the broken 50 cal. They never came out and said it. Yeah, right at first. Did you think it was Shirley? I did. No. Whoa. That would have been a little crazy. Why? Because it's destroyed. Yeah. I, I just figured he had been he was tinkering with it being an armor and could... Do whatever it took. I could, I could see him taking the broken pieces and putting it into something, making shrapnel, you know, and then. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> but, that would be pretty funny. And, and, but yeah, and I, maybe, I figured it was 50 cal after. Maybe, I, maybe I'll like, I'll make you uh, like Glenn after this is over too, because once again he was annoying me. Came in with this thousand questions and this condescending tone to his voice, and it just, <laughs> it was really just pissing me off. You're gonna have to work a little harder on Glenn to make me. Be that be invested in him as much. Maybe maybe if he fell in love with Michael, I don't know. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> I, I think it's just a matter of time before Glenn wanders off to die in the wilderness. Are we getting? You a- hope you hope that we're not doing this. Isn't the hopes and dreams? <laughs> no, I said it's just a matter of time. I didn't say I hope. Oh boy. <laughs> no, I think the only reason I think Glenn was even in this scene was to remind us that he's still around 
and he's going to be a bigger player than before, and there really wasn't anywhere anywhere else to put him. That's the only reason I could think they would even have him. No, I, I mean, that's all, all kidding aside. I think I think he was really there to try to assist Bert in, in repairing this thing, and th- there's just no getting on Bert's good side at this point with someone he doesn't know already because he's got one thing in mind. Mm-hmm. A little bit of little bit of that action. He definitely wants some of that. But uh, so CJ comes in, and for the first time that I can remember this season, she's not completely overbearing, and she's not coming off with her little pirate rage high that she has going on. Yeah, she's definitely coming in with a calmer demeanor. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was because she's kind of she's coming down a little bit, or maybe <laughs> she realizes realizes that she's uh, talking to someone who has been treated like Bert's been treated. That's true, but that doesn't stop Bert from jabbing at her for the Saul and Victor decision. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't stop. Bert doesn't hold anything back. He's anytime she tries to get him to do anything, he jumps back at her like. Rah, rah, rah. You know what? That's what it is. What's that? Glenn and Bert are competing for the grumpy old man position. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Glenn's got to get a lot more crotchety. Uh, yeah, I think he's just got a different way of delivering it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He didn't seem there important enough for me to be concerned with yet. Nah. So Bert asked CJ directly about Scratch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's after he's kind of heard he's shown his, his grumpiness and everything else. And it kind of lets you know that that's exactly what it was It was uh, dire- directed at. Yeah, he's he's got a one-track mind, like you were saying. He's, he's ready to go catch her. Ready to break some stuff. <laughs> okay. So I was... I was wondering why we needed this section, and really, I guess, to show us he's a, that Bert's upset about Scratch, which most people know. Yeah, I think I think it's just to establish that frame of mind. And also, I mean, not everybody went back and listened to the recap. Not everyone went back and listened to the whole season three, so and it's good not? to kind of catch everybody up, right? But uh, I just want to show people that Bert's upset, remind us he's an armorer, which is cool. Show uh, slow CJ down, show she's not, and make sure that she's not completely unlikable. Show us that she cares and remind us that Bert wants to get Scratch. I know that's to anybody listening to this fan cast, it's pro- all these things are very obvious, but I'm just saying maybe somebody that is kind of a more casual fan of the show, they might need this to keep be caught up. Okay, so moving on to the next section, we got Tanya and Kelly. They're organizing notes in the infirmary, and I, I, I had forgotten that Tanya was a uh, she had been you know, organizing the notes while she was in quarantine at Ir- at Irwin and I'm glad she got all, all that stuff out of there. Oh and, yeah. You know, made it back home to the colony with it. So she's going over this stuff with Kelly and Kelly's going to take over here because Kelly's all over it. Either Kelly wants to help out a lot or she just really hates laundry duty. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. She's like, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't think she's happy. <laughs> like, well, I don't care. Show me gross disgusting dead bodies. I'll do whatever. Just don't make me fold any clothes. You know, and I I don't know if I missed it before this, but she says that Michael recommended her to help out with Tanya. I missed that. I'd have to go back and I mean, Kelly talks about it in this scene, but I don't remember hearing it before if we were supposed to or if this was like an off, you know, this was a thing something that happened behind the scenes. Right. So Tanya's got this crazy file system going on. She's got everybody's journal notes done in such a way that she can keep uh, keep everything organized. And throughout this entire time of her explaining this system to Kelly, Kelly keeps catching herself 
saying things the way she would have before. And she's quickly at retracting and apologizing for it. <laughs> and again, that's that character growth. Yeah. That or they're trying to make us like her. Because, see, when you agree when you agree with me or say something that I said, for some reason it makes me think of something else. So now I'm thinking, maybe they want us to like her more because they're going to kill her. Do you think I'm stupid? Yes, I think you're retarded. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm like, oh, he's thinking the same thing? i got to think of something better now. Yes. <laughs> no. Of course not. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. She, we can't be on the same. Let's see. You know, I thought it was really cool when they were talking about the fact sheet. Me too. And I thought they were going to, like, I wanted to go check the wiki and see if they were, like, quoting the wiki exactly. I don't think so, though. The timeline that's out there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Let's go and look at that. In what regard? Well, she said, you know, check check this and check these dates. And there's somebody out there that has the timeline all done up real nice with dates and for whatever they can have dates for. But I don't think there's actually a log that just has character deaths. You know, it, there might be. And there, and there's probably, and there's no reason there couldn't be, but there's probably some uh, information that we don't know about yet. Right. That they know about? Well, in the, in the existing journals from people we know from the original tower. Mm-hmm. I mean, have we heard every single bit of it? I don't see how that'd be possible. We've probably just heard a lot of the important stuff like Tanya captured. I mean, I, I still think the, the biggest, you know, Bits of information are going to come from uh, Dunbar, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting because she, she's talking about there's four months worth of journals or what did she say? Was it four months? I don't know. If, I may be making up that number, but she's got a, a lot of journal journal entries that haven't been input yet. The most important ones being Saul's and that time frame would cover the uh, time that he was down by the cracks when they're doing the investigation work for uh, for CJ. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how they put it together because as the fans, we've been trying to put that together and let me need to, you know, see the creators, how they shape that into the characters. Which is why I think people are finding this frustrating. You know, a few people that are saying something about it, you know, it's like, I think that, I think the common thought is we've, yeah, yeah, we've already been thinking about this. Why are you dragging this out even further? We just want the answer. <laughs> right. That probably is. And I, I, I could think like that too, for sure. I try not to, but so you know Tanya's kind of going over her inside of the zombie intelligence, and I thought that was kind of neat. I mean, again, it's kind of things we already know, but it it's cool having in a character confirm it. Yeah, I thought that was really cool that she um, drew it out that far and made and made assumptions that maybe uh, the little ones were held back because uh, they were waiting for the ammo to be depleted, which. I didn't catch that listening to it, you know, the first time, but that was really cool. It was very cool. And good for her because it's I'm really I'm really looking forward to this particular thing. I hope they do this at least a couple times a chapter. Just go back and look at old journal entries, add some stuff to it cuz it's going to be really good for the show, especially her and Kelly bouncing these things off each other once Kelly starts seeing the intelligence and stops calling her weirdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I don't think Kelly does well out of, out of her her comfort zone or her her element, you know. Right. <laughs> and that's her way of dealing with it. <laughs> Let's see, but yeah, they're they're just, they're starting to get at a lot of what the fans have been talking about all along, and that's really cool. Yes. But also, I, I put in all caps in my notes. I was like, the zombies go for the neck. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a first. I, I think that's a. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I'm not. 
I'm not perfect at this, but for a second, think of that being like mentioned outright like that. I, yeah, I was wondering if is that the first time they've mentioned it? That it's really it, not. Yeah, let us know if it is. But apparently, it's when she mentions they go for the neck a lot, it's probably true. Yeah, it's very very cool. And and why is that? You know, is that to preserve most of the body so that it's still good for them taking over? You know, that it's a usable body afterwards? Maybe maybe they'll cover that. Or maybe since that's the place that, you know, a lot of big cats go first, maybe it's the predatory thing too. Huh. I don't know. So one here's the one little weird thing I noticed. I wanted to see what you thought about it. But Tanya had a cup of coffee, I guess, and she maybe she drank a little bit of it and tried to give it to Kelly. And then Kelly was like, yeah, I'll pour my own cup of coffee. I was, is this a meaningless thing that they said, uh, that they threw in there? I, you think? I think I think Tanya's used to having to conserve. And Kelly has been down in Boulder where things may be a little bit more laxed and they may not care about their resources as much. I don't know. I mean, that, wow. that was... That's that was, a really deep take I didn't even think of. Did you just come up with that off the cuff no i i thought about it earlier too i was like what what was that about and i went back and listened to it one more time i was like well that's that's the only thing i could come up with i almost didn't ask you because it seems so throwaway uh but that was a really thoughtful take <laughs> um, i didn't I, I didn't think it was important enough to make a note of it but i mean the fact that you noticed it too like, here's oh, what cool. i here's what i thought it's not it's not at all like that which i really appreciate a total you mean you mean you mean you don't think it sucks no i think it's a great idea I, what, I what if i say it one more time would you start to hate it then no no <laughs> not at all only if you started badgering it and making me feel bad for it <laughs> would i begin to do that you're such a nice person uh so <laughs> what i was thinking was uh, okay so I'm pretty sure all the fans believe that Tanya is immune. I mean, it's pretty much, it's got all but confirmed. Oh. And that's probably going to start a fight. But <laughs> but what if Kelly, I don't know, somehow perceives some sickness? Now, say, if, if, we're, a, if we're at work and you hand me a cup of coffee you'd already been drinking on, we're, we're really good friends, but I'm, I'm probably still going to pour it out and get my own cup of coffee. But for them to mention it like this and Kelly to be like, oh, no, 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 I'll, I'll get my own. I was wondering if does she, how much does she know about that? Does that kind of freak her out that Tanya has been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Bit. Not not necessarily infected, but she's been exposed. Yeah, she's been bit. At least, yeah, and been bit. I'm not I'm not sure though because Kelly didn't even know about her being locked up in uh, Irwin, and a very few people knew about her actually being bit. Yeah, that's I didn't know if if she if it, maybe it was rumor that we don't know about. Maybe I don't know. It's, that's an interesting look at it too. I guess we'll find out. But I hope they come back to that because it was that would be a nice little detail to throw in there like that. Hmm. You ready to move on? Yes. Okay. So we've got Pegs doing some gardening, and she's she's really starting to show some of that strong character stuff that you don't think she has, and she's also also being a little bit of a leader. She's showing this guy what well, to do. I'm glad that after a week, she's finally come out of her house. <laughs> so she was you think cj let her stay in the house all week i have I no idea I don't cj know. was knocking on everybody's door making sure everybody was up since you point that out i, I kind of go for it stronger <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah so she's and she's a leader she's and and a teacher a, My a goodness. leader a leader of vegetables 
a leader of people planting vegetables. <laughs> and so she, I mean, you get her in her element, she's really taking care of business. Hmm. And let, let me read this from my notes real quick. You can't talk me out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, so <laughs> no real period or anything. Just, just for fun. But and so my my next note was okay. Pegs is on in the show, wondering when they're going to write Michael into this scene. Of course, we go on to that too. Whoa, 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 whoa! You know, I found myself when I was listening to this one little scene when she was talking about nothing being done right. I forgot that she had worked in the garden before. Totally oh, yeah. spaced on it. On the tower? No, in that garden before. Oh yeah, where she had some some issues. Oh, I think it wasn't she with Michael whenever they came to the colony doing some scouting or something like that. It was after the uh, after they were on the boat and everything else. They traveled around and they were looking for resources or something, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But I had forgotten that she was there before. Period. Yeah, she wasn't. Yeah, she couldn't have any kind of leadership role there then. Well, no, she was on a chain gang. Exactly. Oh man, so. I was going to talk, move on to Datu and bring Michael back into the scene here. Yeah, they're fix, Datu's fixing the gate with Michael's team. Yep, so it looks like they got it back on track. Yeah, so I thought this is the one thing I wanted to point out. Everyone that was out there helping Datu was completely out of breath. But Datu's still hopping around and excited like the Energizer Bunny after they're done. And it's, just, it's like, what is, how's he doing? He's a machine. He is. He's a... He, he knows all the ways to use his body weight as to not get tired or something. I don't know. <laughs> he knows he knows how to actually move the skate around. The other guys are just trying to use brute force. I think Dodger's just telling them what to do. You got to push it. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so Michael starts to go on about his arm, and he's about to tell the story about what happened. She showed up. Oh, my gosh. Then... Somebody interrupts him mid-sentence. Her. Remember, I used to get told, don't walk into a room talking. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> I did it all the time. <laughs> what, what? What's the other saying? Uh, it's better to be quiet and seem stupid than to open your mouth and confirm it. Yeah, it's better, be, better to be quiet and be thought of as a fool than to open your mouth and prove it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I heard that one a lot, too. You need to be seen so and not heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is all just a rebellious act. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get you back. I love you. Uh, and so then Michael, you know, he's not heard at all. He says, something I can do for you. Back to pegs. I know, and and little Puck over there just trying to protect him. Dude, guard dog. <laughs> he went off. I thought he was going to freaking push pegs on the fl- ground or something. Oh, no. I'm watching you. Mm-hmm. That's what he told her. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good friend. They're really trying to, going over the top with showing Puck's overprotection, overprotectiveness. I, I've already, you know, I already liked the guy, but. <laughs> this is just building up that character even yeah, more. Yeah, he's trying to—I know he's not trying to make him, but I'm just going to say he's trying to make him a Daryl Dixon type guy, you know, too too cool. What's what's Puck's real weakness? He's too—he's awesome. He's like Daryl Dixon. Hmm, what is Puck's weakness? I'm, I'm sure he has a handful that—and the first ones I thought of are not appropriate for the show. Right, very good family-friendly show. Yep. In case you guys don't know that, we try to keep it family-friendly. 
<laughs> thought I was going to say something different, but it didn't happen. So, so Pegs is starting to talk to Michael, and she's, the other day, so she's been in her house for a few days. No, she hasn't been in her house for a few days. They just yeah, haven't been yeah. able to talk for a few days. Ah, uh, whatever. CJ's not going to let that stand. <laughs> <laughs> so she had to be forced out of her house. I see you're agreeing with me. No. <laughs> saying she couldn't have made it or we'd have heard CJ yelling. So, you know, she starts referencing the other day. And I, I'm sure it was going to be an apology. Blah, blah, blah. She's probably been out prowling around the, the colony. <laughs> That's why we haven't heard from her. <laughs> Guess Michael's the best I'm going to be able to do, so. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm sure she was about to say I'm sorry, but they get a call in over the radio. Go. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Somebody looking for some, some good newspaper? <laughs> you like popsicles? <laughs> they get a, yeah, so they get a call in over the radio, and it's, uh, it's, the group, it's a group out of the hardware store. And who was it? Muldoon and... Well, yeah, it was Muldoon and... Well, a couple of the, a couple of the, the other guys. guys are down at the hardware store <clears throat> picking up some stuff, you know. And they get a call in that they saw another car cross Magnolia. Okay. And leaving. So he calls in and says, we're supposed to be the only team out here, right? Yeah, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> okay, here, here's my thing. Somebody on the forum or on the Twitter, on, on the Twitter, on Twitter. That's what Hardwick says, so. On the Twitter. <laughs> Somebody out there, I could have swore, had almost the same thing going on verbatim as a as a prediction. And I thought that, I was like, wow, that, that is amazing. Because I don't know where they pulled that from. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. Somebody saying something about Bert. It might have been might have been Angie KM. I'm not sure. I don't know if they were referencing Bert directly or if they were trying to say maybe it was Scratch. I don't think they had any like hard details beyond the fact that there was going to be another vehicle outside of the gate and saying something almost exactly like this. We're we're supposed to be the only team out here, right? Or this mm-hmm. is the only vehicle that's supposed to be out here or something like that. And I was just blown away. I was like, holy crap, they called it. <laughs> yeah, that's really close. We'll have to check and see and I'll retweet that if I can find it. Or let us know if you did. I know we got a couple of them saying that Bert and Riley were going to jet. And those, those are pretty solid predictions. You know, but we know it's Bert. But is Riley with him? I got to think so. I'm hoping so. The only the only possible twist I could see on this would be if it was CJ okaying this sort of thing and us not knowing about it yet. That could mm. be a twist. Because it seems really straightforward that it's Bert and Riley. That, that, would, make, that would make CJ really inconsistent in the eyes of the other people in the colony. I don't think she would do that. Unless it was secret, and they weren't supposed to see it. But... Oh, and then he's going to fake getting in trouble later? Sure, I don't I, know. I don't know. I, I'm really curious to find out, but I'm I'm really curious. I'm I'm really anxious to see if if uh, if Riley's with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not claiming that as a as a theory or prediction yet. I'm just saying that would be an, inter- an interesting twist on this, because it seems way too straightforward that it would be Riley... With Bert. Another uh, an interesting fact about this, I hopped on the Google map that somebody made and looked at the colony, Liberty Park area, uh, to the southeast of LA. And a few blocks over is Magnolia Street. And then a few blocks over from that is a Home Depot. <laughs> Amazing. That's the hardware store? I- I'm guessing. I don't really know. I thought that was really cool. 
For some reason, it does not surprise me. No. I love the detail. One thing I couldn't find on that map, though, was... Uh, I didn't go back and look at the official We Are Alive map that Casey put out, but I couldn't find Dunbar on that Google map. I'd have to go back and look and see where that is, just because that'd be nice to remember. Now I'm sure people know where that is. So I'll go with, check it out. With Dunbar being a specific word he picked for the building, it could be any apartment building. Right. But, well, the actual tower, there's not a tower there either. It's just an apartment building in this roundabout area where there oh. isn't an apartment building. That's because that's real life. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> so that's all I have for the scene by scene, but... Did you pull any favorite lines out of the show this week? I had two favorite lines. Mm -hmm. One of them was Tanya's when she said, don't beep on my ideas. And then my second one was Puck. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. It's just the way he said it and everything. It was just, it was, it was fun. I I really liked Tanya's line too. Uh, My favorite line that I pulled was, uh, now I know where Saul gets it from, which is a direct follow-up to yours. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then in the ratings, and I really, I don't know what the show has to do to get a bad rating for me, so the ratings are going to be strong unless this is terrible, because I mean the audio quality is always top-notch. A lot of things are going on in each show that, that I didn't realize before, but yeah, a lot of things are going on. Casey's is juggling juggling all the different storylines really well. He's getting us prepared for something that's happening. There's not a lot of action, but I can't really give him a bad rating for that because I know it's coming. The only real problem I had with this show was there was some some timing discrepancies I had with it. I didn't really know exactly what what the timing was, which I mean maybe I'm expecting you know too much because a lot you you pulled out that, that Bert was probably at night. And then the other scenes happened the next day. I didn't get that. I remember hearing when the door opened and I heard the crickets chirping. I was like, it sounds like nighttime. But when the next scene was daytime, I was like, well, maybe that wasn't nighttime. Maybe they just really like to use that cricket <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they talked about it, it getting dark, too. I mean, it, they made some comment that alluded to it. Uh, they're... I forget what it was. I think it was about the power. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was a little hard to follow. And, you know, I thought it was when Pegs was talking about the garden, it alluded to the fact that it's still winter or the beginning, very, very beginning of spring. Well, it should be it should be somewhere around late December, early January, if it holds tight to uh, oh, the official timeline. And maybe this is the for the area that it's at. But is it not cold where they're at in that part of California? No. And normally I don't I don't hop on the forums too much, but uh, before we do b- before we record, but I did hop on and see that Casey said something about I, I think somebody had referenced something about growing potatoes and stuff like that, and he said that where they are it does not frost. Oh, uh, okay, and that's so, why they can grow them at odd times of the year. Cause like yeah. down down okay in the in the south it's mm-hmm. got to be really late spring or early summer, and then you then you pick them you harvest them in the fall before the first frost then. So I think their timing was off, and that's why the potatoes were green. That sounds about right. It's not because they're not growing right, or I don't know. There was some word that was used that I was like, okay, I think she was just kind of dismissing this guy for not knowing. Yeah. But the reason I, I paid attention to this is because I've been trying to figure out how much time till the baby gets there in March. What month is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we know for sure, but I'm guessing late December, early January. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. That it had to be about three to four months left before the baby's 
going to be warm. Yeah, well, with the, with that uh, those timeline issues being stated, um, I'm going to give this a nine. I thought everything was really good. I'm looking forward to more Kelly and Tanya talk. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Bert and Riley are doing. Who's CJ going to yell at next week? Um, <laughs> what, what what kind of pegs discussion are we going to have on this show next week? I can't wait for that. <laughs> Me too, buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I I even in the drama and everything else that I don't I'm not a real big fan of, and the kind of slow paced there the people in the story are just kind of figuring out what we the fans have already been kind of pondering and figuring out on our own. So I think even beyond all that, the fact that Casey can present the story in such a way where we don't care about Kelly's past as much anymore. And that we're really coming around and we're saying, yeah, I really like her. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that's huge. I mean, he's taking you for someone that you borderline just don't care if they live or die and presents them in a new light. And I, I just think that's an amazing ability. Yeah. I think early on I had a little bit of a bloodlust, and I was like, I wonder what would happen if Kelly went out there alone. Come on, let, let's see that. Yeah, kick her out. If she stays the <laughs> night, she's she's worth redeeming. But right. But yeah. So with all that in mind, I think I'm gonna give it a 9.3. Ooh. All right. They're getting better. All right. It's time for our question of the week segment. And this week we talked a little bit last week about this. Who is your favorite survivor on We're Alive, and why? You had a couple you wanted to talk about already? So I've had a handful that I had to kind of weigh out and just kind of think over. Mm -hmm. And it came down to Saul and Riley. But even after this episode, I started thinking, huh, Puck might be in that list pretty soon. Yeah, he's really likable. But I think think Saul is my favorite character, and shortly behind that is Riley. Yeah, that's two, two great characters. Chris W. says... Uh, I have to say, I did like the character of CJ till now. I understand why she's mad. Everyone she uses uh, was a tower member. He says, I mean, if everyone from the base and the tower leaves, she's up a creek without a paddle on skills and experience. Hmm. Yep, so that may not have been a direct answer to your question, but it was kind of like CJ used to be his favorite character. She was kind of up there for a little bit because and i think the main reason i liked her so much and i mean don't get me wrong i still like her mm-hmm. but the, i think the reason i was liking her so much at the time is because she was wanting to go out and investigate i was like yes those this is the source of our answers i want you know i like this chick but the there's just certain character flaws that i i'm it's gonna take me a little bit to get over yeah i don't know i seemed really gung-ho about her preseason, and then i began to remember the problems I had with her. It was weird for me. That's kind of a roller coaster. Maybe I'm just fickle. Uh, Doofus Monkey says, Ink is my favorite character. I hope to see him, Randy, or Skittles soon. Definitely. We got to see. <laughs> Skittles needs to be in much more often. We've only got one season left. We've got to have him back. <laughs> I, I, I'm really curious to see Skittles and how the zombies treat him. Because it, it almost seems like he can kind of just walk around and it's no big deal. Really? He's like... When the Walking Dead guys cover themselves with guts. (laughs) All right, Adam, he tweeted us today. He said, my favorite character has to be Saul. Pretty upset when he left the colony. Hope he stays a major major character right there with you. And I've got to say, he's going to stay a major character. There's no way that he doesn't. He's, He's the coolest, best, most bad survivor we got <laughs> yeah. and he's immune come on what else could you ask for <laughs> wasn't me at hot mama ya buddy <laughs> who uh, 
<laughs> her page says she didn't come up with that name. So I just, but I had to say it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> As she tweets out, Bert by far. That voice, that warrior survivor attitude, and that kick <clears throat> shooting ability endeared him to me. Mm. Bert, strong character. Yep. And Angie KM says, <laughs> Hope the dog whisperer. <laughs> it's amazing what she can do with some kibble and a firm hand. <laughs> All I could say is <laughs> pack leader. That's great. Thanks, Angie. Oh no. <laughs> And there is a, that's about all I had for the question of the week. Cool. Uh, this next week's question for the, the chapter finale is going to be, during the, the We're Live Off week, what podcasts are you going to listen to? You know, what's one that you pick up when We're Live's not around? And if not, what's one you keep listening to at least? We'd love to hear it. Send all this. You can tweet that to at WAFANCAST or we're at mickred.com. Very cool. Yeah. We've also got a couple other tweets out here. Uh, Regan. My buddy, he tweeted us, Like I said, if I weren't already invested in the characters and story, it would be hard to get into. Give me some action. He realizes that Casey has a story laid out, and it's going to be good, but throw us a, he says, a freaking bone here after a long hiatus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one half, he's hoping Mul- Muldoon, Robbins, and Puck, or no, no, it's one of two, sorry. He also says he's hoping Muldoon, Robbins, and Puck join Michael and go after Burton Riley, and then Saul and Victor come to the rescue, and everyone ends up back at Dunbar. Ta-da! Tower reunion. Ta-da! There's been a few people come out and say that they hope basically all the old Towerites end up. I borrow that from I Am Paul. But all, and, all I, the old... and I think I speak for everyone when I say minus pegs. <laughs> sure absence makes the heart grow fonder oh oh i'm getting sappy i'm gonna have to censor myself but but uh i'm gonna take yeah. my toys home now <laughs> there's a lot of people that are that are hoping all the tower all the original tower folk go to this new tower at dunbar which which would be fun to read you know I, i'm actually i'm actually kind of conflicted on that because i think having two locations is the best. Yeah, and if, honestly, you kick if all the tower people go to the the new tower. I'm not that interested in the colony anymore. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, other than it being a neat place. Well, here's as far a, as the characters there. Meh. You know, here's another idea. Uh, have you listened to Brian Keane's books? Uh, I've listened to part of one of them. The the rising. So no, I don't remember which one it was. It was there at a zoo. Yeah, and the, like, the freaking... Oh, the... yes, that was The Rising. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little bit later on the book from that point, they started using some of the survivors that weren't fulfilling a major role. Spoiler alert? Yeah, spoiler alert. They started <laughs> using them as uh, the the lead point for a, gr- a larger group of people. So if the zombies came out and attacked them, mm-hmm. they would get those people up front first, and that would be their warning sign to, to get out their uh, defensive positions. Wow. So there you go. There's a there's a usable plan for the Towerites. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I, 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 yeah. don't, I, don't, I only think negatively of a few of the Towerites. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some, some uh, listener mail from our buddy I Am Paul. Thanks for sending... He says, because of when he listens to We're Live and when we record, which is at 9.30 Central Time on the Mondays, right after the We're Live comes out that earlier that day, he says that his normal questions would be a week late. So instead, he's just going to ask some more general questions. So he's asking us, who would win in a triple threat fight? 
one-legged CJ, one-legged Herschel from the Walking Dead TV series, or one-legged Dale from Walking Dead comic. And you can just basically think of <laughs> Dale from the show who lived a little bit longer into the prison days and was one-legged. Who you got? <laughs> um, I think that's going to be one-legged CJ. One-legged CJ. So she's, she's more resourceful. She's got the strategy for Herschel and Dale there. I'm trying... <laughs> She's got that sword. She can just cut the other leg off. It's hard to think about and not laugh because they're going to be hopping. Yeah, three legs and three dudes fighting. Three more than CJ. <laughs> Minus a dude. Math. Uh. <laughs> so, J.K. West, or do you have anything else on this? You have more I'm stuff? Just, I'm trying to think who would win that fight. I've got to go CJ because she's carrying that katana. Yeah. And Herschel's got a hoe. And one-legged Dale's got a freaking fishing hat. <laughs> Maybe some <laughs> old fishing line on it. That's about it. So yeah, sorry, guys. I'm going with CJ on that one. So at JK West or Chris, he uh he caught me doing my little. I put a, I put up. I was tweeting about yeah blocking different companies on uh, Twitter. <laughs> and uh I I put it I put down there. It was hashtag things Redbeard or things I don't care about. Right. Well, he put up that uh, it's kind of a du- double negative. Fake things Redbeard don't care about. And put My Little Pony Beard hair ties. <laughs> I was wondering what I saw that. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I felt like I'd you know, been asleep for a week and missed some major change on our planet. So if you guys go out and check out daretosurvive.com and go ahead and start voting on those dares, I will wear some colorful hair ties in my beard. Oh my gosh! You gotta wear them to work, right? That's the yeah. Deal. I will sport them all over the place. Yeah, I will post pictures. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> submit <laughs> submit some dares for each dare we get within 24 hours after this show. <laughs> You're gonna put another hair tie in your beard? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. I'm gonna hold them to it, and I'll report back here and let you guys know if he did it. <laughs> yeah, you'll we'll have pictures. What a good sport. I'll try. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think that's going to bring our show to a close, man. Do you have anything else? Oh, just in case you guys run across us over the next couple of days. The podcast shouldn't be affected, but we've had some script kitties that have been running crap against our site. Yeah, hey, hop on our Facebook page also. Let's get the conversation going. The link will be in the show notes. Cool. And I guess we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Boop, boop, boop. A little spinny Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at, at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mick Red is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production. Welcome to Government Shutdown 2013. We're your hosts. All right, so you didn't think you'd need our show called Dare to Survive. Now you're in a government shutdown. What are you going to do? <laughs> you're lucky you didn't have that beard when we first met. For an instant, he was back there again, remembering how she looked. Her hair whipping.